you ready for some football? University of Kentucky football, that is. Well, my friend, if the answer is yes, you could not have picked a better place to land because today I am joined by the absolutely perfect person to get us pumped about UK pigskin, Mrs. Tyler Thompson, who is a writer and the editor-in-chief of KentuckySportsRadio.com. Now, before we get into football, we're going to hear all about her fascinating background covering the Cats, along with Kentucky Sports Radio's head honcho, Mr. Matt Jones. Tyler Thompson has been a part of his fearless team for over a decade, so needless to say... She's heard a lot of great stories, told a lot of great stories, met a lot of remarkable people, so we're going to dive into that. And then towards the end of our discussion, yep, you guessed it, we're going to get Tyler Thompson to stick her neck out and make a prediction on the 2021 football campaign. So let's get ready for the coin toss and the kickoff. Here comes Season 3, Episode 15 of Blabbin'. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass With knowledge of the state you're sure to appreciate Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass with a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From rabbit hash to rooster run, pig to pippa passus, we blanket the bluegrass unlike anybody else because after all, we are blabbing in the bluegrass and we explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. I'm saying more coming to you from my usual locale here at the North Quail Motel in historic Henderson KY, and I could not be more ecstatic for the upcoming UK football season. If you're not, I know you will be. Even if you are, I know you'll be ecstatic more so yet after lending an ear to Mrs. Tyler Thompson. Tyler is the editor-in-chief and a writer for KentuckySportsRadio.com, and her schedule is about to get even busier. Not that she doesn't stay busy year-round, but... The uh, UK football season is upon us. The first game is Saturday, and she's about to be swamped for several months. But in the meantime, I'm super pleased that she could spare us a few minutes to discuss her background and the upcoming season. And I'll tell you what she's going to do. Tyler Thompson is going to go through the UK football schedule game by game, and she's going to tell us, mark her words, which ones are going to be wins and which ones are going to be losses. You won't want to miss that. But we've got plenty to get to before that because Mrs. Tyler Thompson has had a beat on the Big Blue for over 10 years now from her home in Nashville. But she is a native Kentuckian, so we will tell you where she grew up here in the Commonwealth, how she discovered her UK fandom. We'll also learn how she got acquainted with Mac Jones and ultimately became part of his KSR team. Those of you looking up to Mrs. Tyler Thompson, by the way, if you're not, shame on you. But if you're seeking to follow in her footsteps, she's got some great advice, words of wisdom that we should all heed, and we'll hear those at the conclusion of my visit with Mrs. Tyler Thompson. It's going to be a blast. Stay put. You won't regret it. Before we get to Tyler, though, I do want to remind you that my email is open for business, and I want to hear from you with questions, comments, suggestions you may have for the program, for a topics, guests, what have you. Shoot me that email. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S. B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. Another avenue that you can use to touch base with me is the Blabbit in the Bluegrass Facebook page, which I do want you to like and follow because all of my previous episodes are there. If you miss some, you want to go back and relive some, all episodes 
are at your fingertips on that Facebook page. You can also stay up to date with additional information, teasers for future shows as they are presented. Make comments, leave messages. I love hearing from you there too. And I also want to encourage you to subscribe and listen to Blabbing in the Bluegrass without paying one thin dime via one of three podcast directories. And these include Apple, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. They're all easy, they're all accessible, and like we just said, they're all free. So utilize those outlets to enjoy Blabbing in the Bluegrass. And we have, as almost always... A Bluegrass Brain Buster. We reveal these at the beginning of each show, and we unveil the answer at the conclusion of each show. Now, up until this point, all of my Bluegrass Brain Busters have been factual, you know, based on strictly facts. Today, we have more of an opinion question. But I'm curious to see how your opinions match up with a writer. So, here is today's question. I want to know what are the top 10 UK football wins at Kroger Field slash Commonwealth Stadium over the past decade? Again, what are the top 10 football wins at Kroger Field slash Commonwealth Stadium over the past decade? You'd be thinking about that. I will reveal the answers based on a list compiled by a writer who covers the Cats. and We're going to see how your answers match up in the program's final segment. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Well, if you're familiar with Kentucky Sports Radio and Mac Jones, and especially if you read the KSR website on a regular basis, then you're familiar with this lovely lady and her work. She is the editor-in-chief of KentuckySportsRadio.com, and three days after this comes out, will be the start of UK football season. So I thought there was no better time than uh, the present to have this lady on to talk about her background and her experience on the KSR team, as well as uh, a little prediction, shall we say, about the uh, upcoming year. So not to put her on, well, she, no, we're not putting her on the spot because she's, <laughs> she's had the questions for a few days now. So she's had time to, uh, you know, make her tabulations so she can form a prediction that we can all appreciate. So let's put our hands together for none other than Mrs. Tyler Thompson. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. And like you said, I'm ready for some football. Well, I think we all are. I tell you, we're all anxious to at least start thinking fall and, you know, football is the perfect way to, to start thinking cool thoughts. So Anyway, you're you're in Music City, USA. Now, what part of Nashville do you live in? Gallatin or Brentwood? Just curious. I live in a neighborhood called East Nashville, which is about a mile east of the stadium, um, Nissan Stadium, where the Titans play. Oh, I yes, moved, and I'm a big Titans yeah. fan. Let me just throw that in there. Okay, great. Go Titans. Huge Titans fan here. Tighten uh, up. No, yeah, tighten up. Another reason I'm really looking forward to football being here. Um, but yeah, so I've been down here since I graduated from college, so about 15 years. It's hard yes. to believe. So, <laughs> I know, time flies, but we're sure glad you're here. Now, uh, you've been an integral part of the um, KSR team for a number of years now, faithfully following the beloved cats. So uh, talk to us about your experience growing up in Kentucky before you hit the Music City and describe how you discovered your UK sports passion, Tyler. Absolutely. So I grew up in Danville, Kentucky. Boyle County. Um, Boyle County, but I went to Danville Independent. That's a oh. big distinction. So it there's Danville, Danville High School and there's Boyle County High School. Uh, and even though they're about a mile apart, it is a huge, huge rivalry. Oh so yeah, especially went, in football. <laughs> oh, especially. And when I was growing up, um, Danville was much, much better than Boyle. But as I got into high school, Boyle kind of started to catch up. Um, and now it's kind of flipped again. Um, but yeah, I, I love football growing up. My dad really loved going to games. And um, I actually kind of got him into Kentucky sports because I started following 
UK basketball, UK football. Uh, my dad isn't originally from Kentucky. He, his dad was in the Navy, so oh. they moved around a lot. Yeah. But okay. uh, he went to college at center and met my mother there and they got married and settled down in Danville. And uh, I really just got into sports when I was young and loved watching Kentucky basketball and football. And so we would start going to games and primarily at first we would go to football games because it was so hard to get tickets to basketball games. Sure. Yeah. And then we just, it was a bonding thing for us and we would go, you know, I, I have so many great memories of being in back then it was Commonwealth stadium watching the cats and, you know, the, during the Hal mummy years, the air raid, I just had wonderful memories. And eventually, you know, we started going to more basketball games and I was in Rupp Arena when Tayshawn hit five threes. And I remember that I, against Tar Heels. Absolutely. And I, I was there when Rick Pitino came back as the coach of Louisville for the first time. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> Got moved yeah. out of the arena. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I mean, just so many wonderful memories and Yes, when I went indeed. to college, you know, I'd, I'd always loved writing. And, but when I went to college, I went down a different route and pursued, you know, an English major. Never thought I'd get into sports. But <laughs> after college, I, I somehow ended up in it. So it's, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> it just sort of hit you like a truck, didn't it? <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Now, be honest, Miss Tyler Thompson, who has more titles, Danville or Boyle County? I do. I believe it's Danville still. It's still Danville, okay. It's still Danville. However, Boyle is really good. And, <laughs> I mean, it is, if you talk to, my sister still lives in Danville and has a family and her kids go to Danville and it is still a fierce rivalry. So I have, I have faith that, you know, Danville will get things turned around and be on the up and up soon. I'm sure. I'm in Henderson County, so I'm a colonel. We don't have any titles yet other than baseball, but I will say that uh, Boyle County is coming to Henderson in a few weeks. Oh, so. man. <laughs> get ready. I'll, I'll cheer for you guys instead of them. Okay. Since it's not Danville, <laughs> you'll cheer for us. Okay. <laughs> that's, <Totally>. a, <laughs> that's a deal. Now, uh, where did you further your education, Tyler? Yeah, I went to Davidson College in North Carolina, oh, okay. um, which is famous because of Steph Curry. Um, oh, unfortunately, yeah, yeah he, I, I left school right before he came to school. So we missed each other by like a year. But uh, I was really just love Davidson. It's a really beautiful, small liberal arts school near Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, just got a really great education, met some awesome friends and, you know. Hey, and they're Wildcats able... too. Exactly. It made it easy, right? <laughs> it did. Um, <laughs> That's one thing you had going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you said you were an English major. Uh, what other internships or experience did you gain in college that, um, help transition into your ultimate career path? Well, my ultimate career path is not at all what I expected it to be. Right. Um, <laughs> when I was in college, I really wanted to go into publishing and I did some internships related to that. But when I came out of college, I think every English major in the world also wanted to go into publishing. So I had to kind of get a, a couple different jobs and um, I wound up writing about sports as kind of a way to keep myself entertained. <laughs> I had a, yeah, I had a boring, you know, nine to five desk job that was like one of my first jobs in Nashville. And right around that time, KSR started, the blog launched, and it was so different from any sports media that was out there. You know, it was just a bunch of friends writing about Kentucky sports, and, and I started following along and really liked it. And they had a contest to see uh, if anybody wanted to join the writing staff. It was called Who Wants to Be a Blogger? And this was back in 2008, I believe. Oh, and, before the radio show. Oh, yeah. This started, was way yeah. before the radio show. I, I think there was a podcast back then, but it wasn't the radio show that we, we all know now. Right. And I've heard um, Matt Jones talk about how that podcast was started in one of his friends' basements. So Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's wild. Uh, so I, I submitted, you know, an application for this contest and was one of the finalists. And, it, you know, it came down. We did, you know, cuts throughout and fans voted on who they liked and whatever. I eventually ended up getting third. <laughs> so I didn't, 
I did. Hey, that's win a bronze it. medal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't win it, but it kind of it jump started my my love for writing about Kentucky again, and and sports media at the time was starting to shift from more traditional newspapers, you know, TV stations, you know, websites to more of kind of like a blog thing. So there was a there was an outlet for me to get into that. And I did, I, you know, for the next couple of years, I kind of did some freelancing for, I, I think I worked with Larry Vaught, who's also from Danville. Oh yes, and, go Danville, Larry Vaught. Yep, <laughs> yep, can't mention Danville without mentioning Larry Vaught. Oh no. Um, yeah, and so Matt Jones called me in 2010 and they had an opening for a writer. So I came on and doing part-time stuff and, and slowly but surely over the next two years worked up. Uh, worked my way up the ladder. So I became a full-time writer with KSR and was able to leave my boring desk job behind. There you go. So you, <laughs> you said bye-bye, <laughs> boring yep. nine to five. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I traded, you know, the, the boring corporate job for one where I was getting up and writing about Kentucky sports all day and going to games and interviewing players and it's just been the coolest thing I've ever done. It's It's been a wild ride. There you go. It's hard to believe you've been doing it for a decade plus now, too. So. I, I know. I, I've had a lot of those moments where I'm like, it has been 10 years. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it feels more like two years, but, you know. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. I hear you. Now, uh, Tyler, talk us through the agenda of a typical week, uh, if there is a typical week, in your role as Kentucky Sports Radio's Editor-in-Chief. Well, I think you nailed it. Um, not every week is typical. There's always <laughs> something different going on. However, I mean, you can, there are differences if it's the off season or versus football season versus basketball season. Like right now we're getting ready for football to start, obviously. So a typical week would include Monday, Mark Stoops has his press conference where he you know previews the next game, recaps the last game. Sure. So we have a staff of five full-time writers. So every day I start, I get on, we have a group chat. We say who's doing what that day, who is focusing on what. Oh, so you and divvy up your assignments. Exactly. So we have goals we want to hit on the website every day in terms of number of posts we have, um, things like social media engagements, uh, all sorts of stuff. And we just basically, like you said, divvy up assignments, make sure if there is a press conference, we've got at least one person there. Um, we like to you know, write unique features. So we'll have someone working on a feature every day, someone kind of watching our Facebook traffic and our social media stuff. Um, through our new partnership with On3, uh, we're expanding our video content and our social media content. So that's been a big focus. Um, KSR yeah, has exciting. a ton of, yeah, KSR has a bunch of podcasts. So we usually have someone taping a podcast every day. And I mean, that's about it. Just communication. It's it's a lot of text messages. <laughs> yes, a lot of text messages and <laughs> right. electronic communication in general. And it's anything but nine to five, isn't it? Oh yeah, there's there is no there are no, no normal hours in, in in our profession. It is. You know, eight thirty at night, news breaks. You have to kind of drop what you're doing, get to the computer on a game day. Oh my goodness! I mean, I basically just tell my friends if it's during football or basketball season, like I'll see you in you know April. Yeah, see <laughs> you in the spring. <laughs> I can either I, I can either hang out on Sundays or you know maybe a random weeknight. But yeah, game days I, we will be putting out coverage, you know, all day long, but I'll be at the computer from about three hours before the game, kind of making sure our pregame coverage is up and rolling through the game. We have live blogs, we have running commentary. And then after the game, we have post-game coverage for about three hours. And then it kind of tapers off a little bit, but yeah, it, it's exhausting, but it's also, it's so much fun and it's, you know, you have so much adrenaline. Yeah, it's, it's you look it's, up and it's like, oh my gosh, the day is over. So. It's the good kind of exhaustion, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, most days. I, I will say this past basketball season was not so fun. So. No, not not for any of us. And no, <laughs> you, you had to cover it. The rest of us just had to 
right you know commiserate but uh, right. <laughs> but anyway we're looking for better things uh, this coming year for sure and i tell you I, i'm partial to all the writers obviously you but i must say that uh, mr drew franklin also holds a special spot in my heart because <laughs> because he is from just down the road from me in madisonville oh, okay so yeah i actually met him in 2011 when i tried out for the ksr casting call or actually that was kstv back when they had it Gotcha. So yeah, Drew was one of the uh, <laughs> preliminary people that uh, that I talked to. Did uh, did he and Abby get married yet or no? No, they're still working on it. <laughs> oh, they're still trying. I know they're engaged. Yeah, but... they've been engaged. I think for two years now. It's it's been a while. The pandemic's kind of thrown a wrench into their plans. Oh uh, gosh. <laughs> well, <laughs> he may not remember me, but tell him Sam more say congratulations anyway. <laughs> gotcha. I can do that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Now, uh, you've been uh, covering UK sports, the Big Blue Nation from uh, Music City USA ever since the get-go. Now, Nashville is, of course, known for its Vocal Vanderbilt fans, bless their hearts, and UP <laughs> fans. Uh, but the Big Blue Nation, I know, is also certainly well represented in this region. So, Tyler, uh, just out of curiosity, what have been your most striking observations of the Greater Nashville Wildcat fan base since you arrived down there? Oh, it's huge. There are a ton of Kentucky fans here. I, I think Nashville is a really interesting city. I mean, yes, obviously there's Vanderbilt and Tennessee is the state school, but Nashville is such a transplant city and that very few people who live here are actually from here. Right, uh, there's husband, a lot of imports. <laughs> yeah, my husband is actually one of the, the, the rare native Nashvilleans. So, um, but yeah, you get fans from all sorts of schools. I mean, obviously Tennessee probably still has the most followed by Vanderbilt. But I'd say Kentucky's probably third, maybe Alabama fourth. Um, it's it's really fascinating to go out because so many people move here when they're young from all across the South. That oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, you see every school represented. And I'm sure you know this. I've heard that uh, a lot of times when Kentucky plays Vandy in football, you'll look up in that Vanderbilt stadium and you'll see more Kentucky fans in there than you will Vanderbilt fans. Oh, absolutely. It's one of my favorite things. Whenever I go to a, a Vanderbilt Kentucky football or basketball game, just to like see the sea of blue, like I, it, it really warms my heart. And the, the alumni club is really big here, the UK alumni club. They used to meet up. Uh, there was a bar called Corner Pub, which is no longer there. Um, near Vandy's campus but um, it's been torn down now and it's probably some high-rise condo thing sure. but but yeah that was where all the UK fans would meet up before you know either the basketball or the football game and kind of hang out I, I watched the 2012 national championship game there uh, just so many awesome memories um, you know driving even just around my neighborhood I see Kentucky flags every now and then so See, that makes you, <laughs> makes you feel at home, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And I'll go out and, you know, hang out at bars and I'll see people with Kentucky shirts on. And if they're if I'm in my neighborhood, I make sure to introduce myself because it's, yeah, we're like a we're a little pack here. You know, you, you have to, like, know all the Kentucky fans in your neighborhood because you have a special bond. So oh, yeah. It's really neat. If you know, y'all got, you, you, everybody's got to celebrate together and everybody's got to mourn together, you know, it's exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's the way it is. So speaking of uh, Music City bars, I know that um, whenever the SEC tournament rolls around, Matt usually does his uh, pregame, postgame stuff at the Tin Roof mm -hmm. down there. Yeah. And that's, so I, I, obviously, that's another big UK hangout, especially during the tournament, if not. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. During the tournament, it's, you can't even get in there. It's, it's wild. And, you know, I, I hate that the 2022 SEC tournament in Tampa, because the SEC tournament in Nashville is always one of my favorite things, because being oh, able yeah. to just like drive down the road and be at the arena and all the Kentucky fans around. It's, it's really neat, but it'll be back here in 2023. So. So that's a good thing. Every I think, is it every three out of four years it's in Nashville now? Pretty much, yeah. I think See. they have a couple, like, random sites thrown in there every now and then. But, they yeah, it, it is clear the SEC is is very much tied into Nashville, at least when it comes in comes to basketball. 
Well, and it's about a, an equal location for all the schools. So, uh, you know, it's an equal distance for all the schools, I should say. It's pretty centrally located. So unless, yeah, you're, exactly. unless you're Florida or A&M, I guess. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Florida gets it in Tampa next year. So they, they, that's they, true. They better not complain. Now, uh, <laughs> your well-rounded web content, Tyler, covers numerous aspects of multiple sports throughout the year. Now, I know that you're pretty partial to them all, but if you had to choose a favorite from this wide array of topics, which one would you say it would be and why? Between basketball and football or? Well, we'll start with that, between basketball and football. Uh, it's tough. Um, <laughs> I'd say I'm probably, if I'm just watching a game like if I'm just watching TV I'm more of a football fan right but when I'm writing about it I I, I feel like I'm very tied into the Kentucky basketball culture um, and not to say that Kentucky football doesn't have a culture of its own but I I feel more confident when I'm writing about Kentucky basketball I think oh, most the, years we do yes <laughs> yeah yeah and there's just so much you know, passion when it comes to the fans and history. And I just, I always, I, I, I feel most passionate about Kentucky basketball when I'm, when I'm asked to write about it or, um, but in terms of like the sport, I think I'm generally more of a football fan than a basketball fan. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, there's something to me about, you know, the pageantry of college football, going to a game, it just, I love it. I can't wait to get back to a game. I'm, I'm actually going to the Kentucky-Missouri game, but I'm, I'm taking it off. Like I'm taking a PTO day and just going as a fan because I haven't done that in so many years. I can't even remember, you know, I, I'm usually, if I go to a game, I'm up in the press box. And, and while that's Same. an incredible privilege and I love it, it's, it's not like going as a fan. You, you kind know. of miss sitting in the bleachers, don't you? Totally do. I miss being able to cheer and wear my, you know, wear team colors and just kind of forgetting about having to, you know, record every everything, like all the stats and think about storylines and stuff like that. I just want to go like experience it. You know, I want to have popcorn. I want to have a Diet Coke. I want to like watch the game and yeah, cheer. Exactly. And so Yeah. But no, I went to Western, but dad and, and mom are both uh, UK alum. And they used to, well, dad used to especially say that, uh, you know, as much as he loved basketball when he was there in the late seventies, uh, the football games were a little more of an experience because, you know, it was like an all day thing and you tailgate right. before. And so, <laughs> you know, whereas basketball is two hours and you're done. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And I think because basketball, it's a much shorter game, obviously, it almost feels more intense. You know, it's like there's just more drama packed into into 40 minutes whereas, versus a, a college football game that can last like several hours. Oh, yeah. Basketball, if you take your eye off the game for two seconds, you could miss something. <laughs> right. Yeah, you totally can. <laughs> you, you could uh, miss uh, one of the most exciting plays of the game. But now, as far as the uh, as far as the off the beaten path sports, non-basketball, non-football, which, uh, hmm. which, which ones do you prefer to cover the most, would you say? Let's see. Um, I'm trying to get into baseball. I know Kentucky's baseball program, we're, they're trying to build that. So I'm trying to learn more about it. I'm sure. typically not, not a big baseball fan, but I really enjoyed watching the volleyball team, you know, their oh, yeah. national, national championship title. run. Yeah. Uh, and the their national championship run was just so much fun to watch. And I think it came at a time when we all kind of needed something to bring us together and yeah, it after was, basketball season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Women's basketball, I love. They have such a fun style of play. Ryan Howard is just incredible. So I'd say, yeah, probably volleyball and women's women's basketball. Okay, close tie there. Well, I know you've written a handful of articles based on your interviews with players, coaches, etc. So, Mrs. Tyler Thompson. Enlighten us on some of the most memorable conversations you've had or stories you've heard in your quest to gather information through these years. Yeah, so I, a couple of years ago, I wrote a story about Emmanuel Quickly and his family, specifically his mom, his aunt, and his little sister and his grandmother. 
I think we all know Emmanuel quickly is awesome and has a really cool family, but they would, uh, in his freshman season, you would kind of notice them on the sidelines sometimes because they would do all these chants during his game. Like it was, it was awesome. And I got to meet them while I was covering UK in the Bahamas back in, I think it was the summer of 2018. I'm not sure, but they're just really cool women. And whenever Emmanuel would speak about them, he would just talk about how they were such strong, you know, women in his life, great role models. They raised him right. He would always compliment them. And I thought that was very, very cool to see from, you know, an 18, 19 year old kid. So uh, I I went through UK and was able to arrange some interviews with them and uh, got to get get them all together after a basketball game at Rupp. And we all sat down and, and talked about Emmanuel and his background and how they'd raised him and it was just so neat and to see how quickly has become such a fan favorite, not only at Kentucky, but he's doing really good things with the Knicks and oh, yeah. he's kind of, he's kind of come into his own. It's just been really rewarding to see that. Uh, another story that always sticks out to me is Wenyan Gabriel, uh, who was at UK, you know, I'd say probably five years ago at this point. Um, yeah, he, that sounds about right. I tend to get the years yeah. coming up, but... <laughs> He came to Kentucky or he came to the U.S. as a a refugee from Sudan. And I got to speak to him about, you know, his family and his background and all the the trials and tribulations they went to to come to the U.S. and the sacrifices they made. And it was just fascinating. And he had a cousin who died tragically um, as a kid. And he always wanted to whenever he plays, he likes to honor his cousin and it was just a heartbreaking story. And it's, I think those stories are really important to tell because it's so easy as a fan to watch the game and think, oh, this, this player's, you know, he's not doing well, he sucks, whatever. But to, you got to think of them as people because they are people and there's so much more to them than just basketball. And, and I think Kentucky fans, you know, we have the best fan base in college sports. And I think once fans know a little more about these, these players, they'll they'll love them even more and hopefully understand a little more but like what they're going through and and you know with the one and done era it's so hard it can be hard to keep up like you know it's every year it's a new team and especially with the transfer stuff now too it's it feels I can understand how fans feel like they're kind of going the players are going in and out of the door because it's the same for us media folks we have to learn a new team every year too practically and as many as many um players as Cal has put in the NBA it's you know it's easy to lose track of some of them definitely absolutely (laughs) so just being able to tell those stories I think is that's what I really love to do um with my my role at KSR has kind of changed over the years I'm doing more like management stuff now and overseeing the site but any chance I get to tell a story like that I love I love it oh yeah that off the beaten path Mm -hmm. stuff and that's what makes uh, fans not only grow more attached to these players, but uh, hopefully pull for them even harder than, than they already have been. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's definitely importance behind those stories. Now, Tyler Thompson of the current slash former Wildcats and UK coaches that you have yet to meet, which ones would you like to chat with most of all? And uh, tell us what sparks your interest in these individuals okay um I would love to talk to Kellen Grady um he's the Davidson transfer um obviously for me there's a Davidson tie uh we've we've been able to talk to him as the media a few times because you know he when he came to transfer to Kentucky they did like a media availability on zoom but I haven't gotten to see him face to face yet. I'd love to talk to him and just get to know him a little bit as a fellow Davidson alum, you know, one to the other. Right. Uh, obviously, all of the guys on the team now that I haven't met yet: Severe Wheeler, who came from Georgia, you know, Ty Ty Washington, all all the new guys, you know, Bryce Hopkins, Damian Collins. Mm-hmm. It's just all these kids have such interesting backgrounds, and one of the things that one of the many things that's really stunk about the pandemic is. You don't get to see the players as much in person because most media stuff is on Zoom, which sure, totally exactly. understandable. But yeah, you know, there's something about getting able to talk, being able to speak to someone face to face 
It's yeah. a little bit different. Zoom is safer, but it's not as personal, is it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Now, when we think of former cats or coaches from years past, even if maybe they're deceased and they've left us, um, uh, who, who among that particular crowd would you like to potentially interview if you could? Oh, man. I'd love to sit down with Adolph Rupp and talk for a few hours. <laughs> oh, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it'd be really fascinating to talk to Caleb Ledford, if I could speak to anybody. I think he would have the most stories, or Bill Kitely, um, just the oh, stories yeah, they could Mr. tell. Wildcat. Yeah, <laughs> both of them, I mean, all three of them together would be fascinating. Um, of players, you know, who are, are still with us, I got to know the the 2014-15 team that went 38-1 pretty well. There's some sure. great, great characters on there, Carl Towns. Willie Colley Stein. I mean, put those two in a room and you're, you'll have an entertaining conversation. Oh, no um, doubt. Yeah. Anthony Davis, another, another easy one. Uh, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins would be super entertaining. Um, from, from an era prior to me, the Unforgettables would, that would be really, really fascinating to sit down and talk to them. Oh, um, yeah, the team that lost to Duke in the Elite Eight. Right. <laughs> I know, I know. On the shot heard around the world. <laughs> right, yeah. I, All the I UK fans that. out there in our audience are going, Sam, why'd you have to bring that up? But, <laughs> but yeah, yes. I mean, I remember the, the shot in 92. I was, I was a really young kid. I remember sitting there on the floor of my parents' TV room, and it got real quiet in there. So it's, <laughs> you were like, even, what's wrong? <laughs> yeah, even as a young kid, I, I, I could tell it was a huge moment. Yeah, but you, <laughs> you knew that something significant totally. had happened <laughs> for sure. But uh, anyway, I'll tell you one that um, I would really like to sit and talk to is um, Joe B. Hall. Have you uh, gotten an interview with Joe B. Hall? No, not yet. I, I've met him before, but I, that's another great one. I would love to sit down and speak to him. I, I'm, I know he has incredible stories, you know, not only as a coach, but as a player. So oh, yeah. he would be, I'm, he's a very jovial person and a lovable personality. And I love the way that John Calipari, you know, has kept embracing him as part of the program. I think that's really important for, you know, current members of the team to understand the link to the past. And I think Joby is is the perfect representation of that. So I, I respect John Calipari for, for continuing to keep him in the family. Oh, yeah. And he's, uh, he's admitted that uh, he's leaned on Joe B for advice on quite a few occasions, which I think is wonderful. So right. <laughs> it's great that they're so tight knit. As we uh, press on towards the finish line, Tyler, based on your knowledge of the current depth and talent at Coach Mark Stoops' fingertips. <laughs> you've had a few days to to ponder this, and I know you've, you know, pulled all-nighters and, uh, you know, really thought seemingly endlessly about this. So why don't you <laughs> stick your neck out and make a prediction for the upcoming 2021 UK football campaign? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm very excited for the season. You know, obviously, Kentucky, they won four regular season games last year, which doesn't sound impressive. But when you look at the schedule, it, I think it was. Yeah, and I think like, the, bowl uh, game, the bowl game victory kind of made oh, up for the struggles. It softened the blow. It softened <laughs> the blow for sure. It did. Yeah, so on offense, obviously, you've got Chris Rodriguez, who is so good. And then we've got Liam Cohen, the new offensive coordinator, who's bringing in a more pass-oriented attack. Um, I really like the stuff I've seen out of Will Levis in practice. I mean, it oh, yeah, I guess like there's a reason he won that starting job. <laughs> right. It seems like he's got a cannon for an arm, and he's got a two really good targets in Josh Ali and Wandell Robinson. And then defense is going to continue to be great. I mean, that's been Kentucky's strength alongside the rushing attack. So if I'm looking at the schedule, I'll just go quickly game by game because that's the easiest way to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's what Matt likes to do too on his show. <laughs> right. So I, I think Louisiana Monroe is a win. It better be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the Missouri game is huge. You know, I, I don't think we can overstate that. It that's seems kind of like a toss-up game, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, and I think it is. And I think that both sides really, really want it. And this game, to me, seems like it's going to be for third place in the SEC East, if not second. 
So I am going to give Kentucky a win there because it's in Lexington. And yeah, it helps it's a Kroger be, Field. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be there, and I don't want to go to a game we're going to lose. So. You're going to bring them good luck, Tyler Thompson. We're counting I better, on you. I better. <laughs> uh, the next week they play UT Chattanooga at Kroger Field. I think that's a win. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> uh, yeah. South Carolina, I think, is it's also a win, even though it's at South Carolina. I, they've got a first-year coach. I think they are rebuilding. They weren't that great last year. Right. Kentucky's just seemed to have their number for a while. So I, I'm going to go with Kentucky there. So let's the see. The 4-0 start. 4-0 start. And then we get into a really difficult stretch. We get into Florida. Louisiana State to LSU and Georgia and I think if Kentucky can go two and one in this three-game stretch it'd be incredible I agree um, now let's see Florida I, and LSU are at home right yeah those are at Kroger Field okay I'm gonna Georgia's say yeah I'm gonna say a win versus Florida ah I love but it a loss versus LSU Lost to the Tigers. Okay. Well, we got to come yeah. back down to earth sometime. <laughs> right. And then I would love to pick a win at Georgia, but I've been to that game too many times and gotten my hopes up. And Georgia's just really stinking good, like especially in Athens. They are so good. Yeah, and that's I've, a tough place to play, isn't it? It really is. I, I there have been I've been to two or three Kentucky games down there and Kentucky always hangs around for at least a quarter. Yeah, I think in the most recent game down there, a half, and you're like, wow, they could do this. But then Georgia's just too good. Yeah, in the last quarter and a half, it's (laughs) hard to watch. So I'm going to go with a loss there, unfortunately. Okay, so that that puts us five and two. All right, and then Kentucky travels to Mississippi State. Um, I'm, I'm not scared of Mississippi State, not scared of Mike Leach. I'm going to go a win there. Well, we did beat him 24-2 to last year. <laughs> That's true, and I just don't think they're very good. Um, I mean, I might be wrong. I don't think they're that great. Uh, so that'll get us bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. And then and Tennessee, Tennessee and Lexington. I think after watching Kentucky just completely dominate Tennessee last year, how could you not pick Kentucky in this game? Oh, it's in Lexington. That was one of the, the highlights of last year for me. And they've so, got a new head coach down there. So exactly. They'll be rebuilding again. So okay, I'm so, going Kentucky. So that puts us seven and two. And then we've got at Vanderbilt, which come okay. on. Most of us <laughs> usually pencil that in as an automatic win. Right. I mean, <laughs> half of the half of the stadium, if not three fourths, will be blue. Oh, no so, doubt. Yep. Going with a win there. Sure. And then New Mexico State in Lexington. If we don't win that, then we ought to be ashamed. (laughs) And then we we finish the season at Louisville. The big rivalry game. Huge rivalry game. And they're just not very good. So (laughs) I'm going Kentucky. So So what does that have me at? So that puts us at 10 and two. Oh, Lord, man, that sounds like I'm a total homer. Boy, Um, well, (laughs) (laughs) that would be. The season of a lifetime for most Kentucky football Right. Fans. <laughs> well, like when you go through it game by game, it's, it's easy to get there. Um, yeah. I, I, if there's anywhere Kentucky's going to slip up, I'd say they would lose one of either at Mississippi State or at South Carolina. I agree with that because so, those, those are both, you know, hardcore football atmospheres and, you know, it's easy to – to slip up in one of those, but I tell now uh, I grant you we we didn't get to ten wins a few years ago. Uh, it took a ball game to do it, but we got there. Right. So so <laughs> you know it could it could very well happen. And gosh, ten and two that might get us. Uh, boy, I'm, I'm trying to think of the upper echelon ball games that might get us like Chick Fil A Bowl or one of those. That'd be so. great. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, I know you don't frown on the Music City Bowl being right in there. We've a been there plenty of times. Yeah, that's true. And if we get a, a bowl that's a little uh, a little farther up in uh, status, we won't turn that down, will we? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yes, indeed. So we're looking forward to that. Like I said, September 4th, we'll start it all off. Is that a, is that a night game, Tyler? Do you know? The first game? Against Monroe, yeah. It's it's at noon. <laughs> oh, it's a nooner. Okay. Well, I'm not yeah. surprised. But right. 
<laughs> we always have at least one or two of those every year. It's all good. Right. But anyway, well, well, Tyler, this has been great. One final line of the business before we uh, unfasten your seatbelt here. I was just curious to know what advice would you offer to those with similar interests to yours who may likely <laughs> be seeking to follow in the footsteps of the often imitated but never duplicated Mrs. Tyler Thompson? Oh, goodness. Um, I would say first, just if you want to write about sports, just jump right in and take any experience you can get, whether it be interning uh, for KSR or another website or a newspaper, uh, anything, or just starting your own blog. You know, when I was finding my footing doing the part-time stuff, I had my own blog. And I mainly, you know, I didn't really expect to get any following from it, but it was a way to get experience and to learn how to write about sports and see what hit and see what didn't. I would also make sure, I mean, this is going to sound so old fashioned of me, but take a ton of English classes, you know, what like composition, learn grammar. That sounds like the most obvious thing in the world, but I value my education at Davidson because it, it taught me the, the fundamentals of writing and how to strengthen them. And if you are a strong writer, you can do kind of anything you want when it comes to writing. You can, you can learn about anything. You know, if you, I, I've been a sports fan my whole life, but right. I didn't know much about writing about sports until I started it. So you can learn about that. And if, you know, if you're a strong writer, that gives you a, a a background and a backbone to do things and succeed in whatever profession that you have. Indeed, so, and, and the and the, uh, the English classes make sense because you know if you want to be a good writer, you have to you have to read good writing. You know. <laughs> well, exactly, and it's there's so many people writing about sports now, and it's it's very obvious who had a great strong education and who didn't. I mean, you can tell in their writing. And if yeah, you have a strong true. voice, if you have a strong voice, it will it will it'll take you places so and the ones that are really persuasive and really skilled always seem to sort of stand out don't they exactly like you mrs <laughs> tyler thompson oh, so, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway you folks can check her writing out on a weekly basis at kentuckysportsradio.com you can also follow her on uh, twitter and instagram it's at mrs tyler ksr by the way i got a nice chuckle when i was uh looking through that stuff the other day and I saw where you had on there. No, I will not make you a sandwich. <laughs> where, 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 did, where did you get that, dear? <laughs> I, I, so when I first joined KSR, um, it's kind of a funny story. I, you know, this is before anybody knew what I looked like. Social media wasn't big back then. So I had to put a miss, this is before I was married, a miss in front of my name. So people would know I was a girl because Tyler's typically a male's name. Sure. And uh, I just got really tired of that. So my sister suggested just put a, a miss in front of your name and people will get figured out. And so sure enough, once once people figured that out, they made the stupid sexist jokes like go make me a sandwich and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> <laughs> so I said, no, I won't. I'm, I will not make you a sandwich. <laughs> you put those stuck. requests to rest, didn't you? <laughs> exactly. And it kind of stuck. So. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I saw that on your Twitter. Do you have that on your Instagram, too? I'm not quite sure. My, okay, my Instagram's huh? a little different. I mean, I, I probably need to. I should, you know, cross brand or whatever. Make sure that everybody knows <laughs> that you will not make them a sandwich. <laughs> right, which would be really funny because, I mean, my Instagram has a ton of my, my friends in Nashville, and they'd probably be very confused. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, and then you've also got a YouTube channel. Yeah, that's right. I, I haven't used it as much these days because, like, you know, KSR, we have our own now. But yeah, there's a ton of old videos on there from yeah. the Bahamas um, back when, you know, the last trip we took there with Tyler Hero and Keldon Johnson and that group, PJ oh, Washington. Yeah. So great group. So Tyler Thompson on YouTube, that'll give you some nice flashbacks from years past. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it'll, it'll feel kind of nostalgic almost. Well, Tyler, I've sure enjoyed this. I sure hope you have. Absolutely. I've loved it. Well, thank you a lot. And uh, we'll, we'll talk again sooner than later, as long as you're in and, and uh, tell the rest of the diehards at KSR, including uh, Matt and Drew and Nick and any others that I may be uh, leaving out. They may not forgive me for that, but tell them all that uh, <laughs> I said hello and I send them my best. Will do. Absolutely. All right, Tyler Thompson, you rock. 
All right, thanks, Sam. So you heard it from Mrs. Tyler Thompson herself. The Big Blue is going 10 and 2 in the 2021 football campaign. I tell you, that's a season I could have never imagined as a super young pup when I was trying to muddle through the Bill Curry days. And of course, it got a little better as I got a little older, but nothing like 10 and 2. We did hit 10-3 and three a few years ago with the bowl game win, like I was telling Tyler, and that was under Coach Mark Stoops, who is still at the helm, so hey, it could happen. I sound like that kid from Angels in the Outfield. What's his name? JP. I sound like JP from Angels in the Outfield. It could happen. <laughs> but don't worry, Mrs. Tyler Thompson, if they go 8-4 and four or 9-3, and three, none of us are going to hold it against you. In fact, we will welcome you back with open arms here to Blabbit in the Bluegrass. Check her articles out. Like we said, it's KentuckySportsRadio.com. I will link you there in my show notes as well so that you can explore further. Also, be sure to email Tyler Thompson. It's TylerThompson at KentuckySportsRadio.com. T-Y-L-E-R-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N at KentuckySportsRadio.com. Let her know you heard her on Blabbit in the Bluegrass. She'll be glad you did, so will I, and I tell you, it was such a pleasure, to say the least, chatting with her for today's show. Now, before we turn the page and set our sights on next week's show, which will come out on September the 8th, we do need a rather in-depth discussion of this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster, because it is uh, a question that basically requires an opinionated answer. And that question was... What were the top 10 wins at Commonwealth Stadium slash Kroger Field over the past decade? And I wanted to see how your answers compared with Mr. Samuel Hahn in an article that he wrote on a seaofblue.com. Now, Samuel Hahn may not be a writer by trade because a lot of the articles on aseaofblue.com are written from a, a fan's perspective because it's a fan site. But he's a writer in this case, so we're going to give him credit <laughs> for being a writer if you care to check it out. It's on aseaofblue.com. But let's recap his top 10 and see how it matches up with yours. The top 10 victories at Commonwealth Stadium slash Kroger Field over the past decade, according to Mr. Samuel Hahn from uh, aseaofblue.com. At number 10 on his list is a game in which UK edged Vandy on homecoming night in 2018. Now this was two weeks after we suffered a tough loss at the hand of Texas A&M down College Station. We lost that game in overtime. That was our first loss of the 2018 season. So we were 5-1 going into that Vandy game looking to become bowl eligible and uh, fans were ready to celebrate, but it didn't happen quite as quickly or as easily as we would have liked. Vandy drew first blood in the first quarter, went up 7 to nothing, but then we scored the uh, final 14 points in a low-scoring game. Benny Snell Jr. helped to save the day in that one, and Kentucky pulled out the 14-7 victory over Vanderbilt on homecoming night 2018. That got us to bowl eligibility at 6-1. So, that is number 10 on Samuel Hahn's list. Number 9 is UK's victory over Mizzou in a shootout. That was in 2017. And, uh, gosh, the offense was clicking on all cylinders that night. They scored 40 points. Nobody could rest easy, though, because they gave up 34 points. At least time ran out on Missouri and, uh, Benny Snell Jr. came up big that night, too, in 2017, among plenty of others. Like I said, the offense had no problems that night, putting up 40 points. In fact, the last six points came on two Austin McGinnis field goals. How often did Austin save the day? So uh, his last six points accounted for our 40-34 victory over Missouri in 2000. And 17. That is number nine on Samuel's list. Number eight is a Kentucky victory over Arkansas, 24 to 20. That was in 2019. 
Now, Kentucky was reeling at this point because Terry Wilson suffered a brutal Week 2 injury, which uh, sidelined him for the year. Uh, we lost three straights, and we decided to go with Mr. Lynn Bowden, a wide receiver at quarterback, which made some people nervous, but it turned out to be a smart decision as Kentucky pulled out a hard-fought 24-20 victory over Arkansas. It was back and forth. Kentucky fell behind early, but thanks to the strong legs and running ability of Mr. Lynn Bowden, Kentucky pulled out a four-point victory over the Arkansas Razorbacks in 2019, which led to a, a pretty successful year, all things considered, and a bowl victory. That was in uh, what well, used to be called the Mikey Car Care Bowl in Charlotte. Now it's the Belk Bowl, unless they've changed the name again. But anyway, that's number eight. Number seven in our list of top ten Big Blue wins at home over the past decade is UK's defeat of South Carolina. We go back to our magical 2018 year. Of course, that's the year Kentucky went 10-3, and three, and this gave the Cats win number five in five tries, making them 5-0 on the young season. They uh, held on for a 24-17 win over the Gamecocks. They actually jumped out 24-3, and that's a lead they had at halftime. Now, some late mistakes got South Carolina back in it, and they uh, pulled to within seven, but uh, luckily no closer, and we were able to hold them off till the final horn and enjoy a much-celebrated win. 24-17, like I said, that made us 5-0 prior to losing that heartbreaker in College Station, Texas against A&M the following week. So, now we go back to 2016 for number six on Samuel Hahn's list here. This is Kentucky beating... Mississippi State in 2016. Now, many believe that this might have saved Mark Stoops because we were 3-3 three and three at this point, right at 500, and we had a tough schedule to finish the season. Most people thought if we were going to go to a bowl game, this win over Mississippi State was an absolute must. And it was in doubt for a lot of the game. In fact, uh, we were down 14-6 to six at the half. The offense came alive in the third quarter, scored 21 points, we uh, led 27-24 at the end of three. Make a long story short, uh, McGinnis kicked a field goal to make it 37-31, Cats. Most people are just hoping that, you know, State didn't score late to pull it off. Well, they did score late. They scored a late touchdown with a little over a minute left to take a lead, 38-37. But how did it end? With an Austin McGinnis field goal of 51 yards, that gave us a 40-38 to 38 victory over Mississippi State, which set the stage for a solid finish in 2016 and a solid year overall, even though we lost the bowl game. So, number five on our list of uh, top ten Big Blue victories at home, according to Samuel Hahn, over the past decade, UK's Victory over UT, the first one in 26 years. This, of course, goes back to 2011. And who could forget, we played a wide receiver by the name of Matt Rourke at quarterback. Nobody gave us a chance. Kentucky had a losing record. Of course, so did Tennessee. But uh, we were up 10-zip going into the fourth quarter. Of course, Tennessee scored in the fourth quarter to make it interesting. They had to. That made it 10-7. to but uh, the teams exchanged a few punts, and with a little over a minute remaining, Tennessee threw an interception. That sealed the deal. Kentucky took three knees, and that was that. And uh, two days after Thanksgiving in 2011, Kentucky celebrated their first victory over Tennessee in football in 26 years. 10-7. to who would have thought it? A low-scoring game like that, Kentucky won 10-7 over Tennessee in 2011. So, number four is the Cats beating the Cards in 2019. This goes back to uh, Lynn Bowden at quarterback and that nice, strong finish with Bowden at the controls. And uh, Louisville was going to be tough to beat. Everybody knew it, especially since we were playing a wide receiver at quarterback, and it was a tight game at the half, 17-13. But in the third quarter, 
Lynn Bowden took over with a 60-yard touchdown run in the first few minutes of the second half, followed by another long run shortly thereafter. Um, Chris Rodriguez got in on the action, and Lynn Bowden sealed the deal. So 28 straight points scored by Kentucky in uh, that second half, and uh, none for Louisville. So... Defense pitched a shutout, and we ended up with a 45-13 victory over the Cards. And uh, that was quite a way to finish the season in 2019. Followed, of course, by that Belt Bowl victory over Virginia Tech. So, (laughs) a lot of momentum there, thanks to Lynn Bowden. Number three on our list, or Samuel Hahn's list, is the Cats beating Mississippi State in 2018. Now, this was two weeks after the Florida victory in the Swamp at Gainesville. That broke the 31-year losing streak to Florida. Then we came back home to play Mississippi State, and uh, Mississippi State was ranked number 15. Everybody knew that it was going to be a tough one, and uh, State scored first and uh, went up 7 to nothing. but Benny Snell tied it by halftime with a touchdown that made it 7-7, to and he dominated in the second half. He scored in the third quarter to make it 14-7, to and Mr. Snell finished the game with two fourth-quarter touchdowns, and the defense pitched a shutout in the second half for a 28-7 to victory over 15th-ranked Mississippi State and I tell you, fans stormed the field. They were so excited. And why wouldn't they be, I guess, after such a great win at Florida, followed up by a Mississippi State win that was uh, pretty solid in and of itself. So, number two on our list of top ten victories at home over the past decade is Stephen Johnson's victory over Tennessee in 2017. And that was a season that... Uh, Started 3-0. The Cats had uh, lost a couple to uh, Florida and Mississippi State. So they came into this game actually 5-2. And and this win got them bowl eligible. They were trailing by five inside the final minutes when quarterback Steven Johnson leaped over two Tennessee defenders to score on an 11-yard touchdown run to put us up with about 30 seconds left, and uh, of course we added a, a two-point conversion, and we ended up winning that game by three, 29-26. Funny thing was, if I remember right, Kentucky had four fumbles in that game, and still ended up finding a way to win by three. And it was a pretty dramatic finish, too, because Tennessee got the ball inside the closing seconds. They threw a pass that was caught at the three-yard line, but luckily for us... He was immediately tackled three yards short of the goal line, and that preserved a 29-26 victory over Tennessee for us. That was uh, back in 2017. Made us bowl eligible. So, that's number two. Now, according to Mr. Samuel Hahn in this article from a seaofblue.com, UK's number one victory at home over the past decade is uh, UK's victory over South Carolina in 2010. Now, South Carolina was ranked number 10 at the time, and Kentucky dug themselves quite a hole, to say the least, 28-10. to 10. But for starters, South Carolina did not score the whole second half, and Kentucky kept chipping away at it. And the final straw was late in the fourth quarter when Mark... Mark, Mike Hartline completed a 24-yard touchdown pass to Randall Cobb in the end zone. And uh, that put Kentucky in front. Randall Cobb added a two-point conversion to put us up by three, 31-28 late in the game. A little over a minute remaining. In fact, a minute 15 was left on the clock. So we had to kick off. Fans were, of course, on the edge of their seat, praying that we wouldn't squander the lead by giving up a last-second touchdown. <laughs> And unfortunately, it looked like that might be a reality because South South Carolina was driving. They were down to uh, Kentucky's 20-yard line. They threw a pass for the end zone, which was intercepted by Anthony Mosley. How about that name? Quite a blast from the past. Mosley picked it off. That preserved the win for Kentucky 
That was uh, one of the few highlights in the Joker Phillips era, but that was a 31-28 victory over 10th-ranked South Carolina, and at the tops of Samuel Hahn's list of uh, most impressive top 10 victories at home, Commonwealth Stadium slash Kroger Field over the past decade. I should tell you that um, he based those on the uh, fan experiences, not solely just what happened on the field, but also the experiences that uh, the fans had or that uh, Mr. Hahn perceived that they had at these games. So fan experience was uh, a vital part of this ranking of the uh, top 10 home wins over the past decade. So I hope that you enjoyed that. I'm curious to see how your answer or answers compared. Now come on back next week. We'll have plenty more fun where this came from. In the meantime, email me at bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. Hit me up on the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page where you can catch previous shows and uh, stay up to date with additional information, show teasers, make comments, leave messages, and listen to and subscribe to Blabbing in the Bluegrass free of charge via Apple, Google Podcasts, and or Spotify. These podcast directories are excellent, excellent avenues for you to keep tabs on us here at Blabbing in the Bluegrass. So, without you here next week, it will not be the same. Mark me on your calendar, and between now and then, you know what you gotta do. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep on blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.